This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Dunedin Multi-Ethnic Council On Air comes to you 6pm Tuesdays here on OR 105.4 FM and 1575 AM. Join Lux, Valerie and their special guests to hear the latest from the Dunedin Multi-Ethnic Council and celebrate unity through diversity. DMEC On Air, 6pm Tuesdays with podcasts available anytime from oar.org.nz, Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts. Good evening and welcome to DMEC On Air, a radio show hosted by Dunedin Multi-Ethnic Council. Um, and I am presenting my segment, Wonderful Women, on our radio show. You can look us up on dmec.org.nz to find out more about the organization and look out for events and and things on our Facebook Dunedin Multi-Ethnic Council Celebrating Diversity and we are currently hosted by Otago Access Radio that's OAR and you can look for a podcast of this on the website as well that's oar.org.nz and you're listening to Valerie on our 6pm radio show where we talk about things to do with women or culture or ethnicity. Uh, today, I thought it would be interesting to, or rather, I read an interesting study about how New Zealand media portray um, immigration or people, immigrants and people of ethnic diverse backgrounds and how that may affect the way in which people are perceived. As we know, social media plays a large part in influencing the perceptions of the general public. And so it was this paper that looked at the way or the themes in which different people of uh, people of different ethnic um, diverse ethnically diverse backgrounds are portrayed and their hypothesis is that the way in which um, people of immigrants, refugees and ethnic minorities are either portrayed in negative ways or in ways that dehumanizes them. So, as we kind of all know, um, in everywhere in the world, immigration and ethnic diversity continues to be quite a highly contentious issues. And as we often know as well, immigrants, refugees, and ethnic minorities have often been pra- portrayed in media in negative ways. Um, yet also, all as well, um, in the current days, um, there have been new agendas that actively promote capturing diversity dividends and the benefits of immigration. So this research paper then examined the different types of representations of immigration and ethnic diversity in a prominent national newspaper, the New Zealand Herald. And they found that um, media reporting tended to focus on three themes. One, economic benefits. Uh, Two, the pressure on infrastructure. And three, on criminality. 
they took, they discussed, um, they reported, discussed that immigrants as a group are generally denied humanity um, and are constructed as merely economic objects, while ethnic minority immigrants in particular are cast as morally inferior. Um, so this paper then argues that these subtle dehumanizing representations are underpinned by expectations of an economic diversity dividend that stresses quality migrants on one hand, well, not on one hand, the same hand, and also then reinforces xenophobia and long-standing public and political anxieties in New Zealand about immigration and ethnic diversity. Um, a lot of study on media representations of immigrants and ethnic minority has mainly focused um, exclusively on negative portrayals and raised concerns about how these uh, media messages inflame anti-immigrant sentiment, discrimination and exclusion. Quite a common way researchers have been using to examine the context and conditions in which immigrants are framed um, is, for example, the prevalence of reporting on criminal activities and arrests um, creating stereotypes that reinforce fear and aversion of immigrants. And this was particularly problematic with regards to Muslims, <clears throat> where negligent reporting has perpetuated the rise of Islamophobia. Um, the thing is, media representation do not necessarily need to overtly associate immigrants and minorities with dangerous behaviour, in order to invoke fear towards them in public. Many studies also show that the use of metaphors that play into broader concerns about migrants, and they found, and quite a few studies actually found the use of liquid metaphors, such as leaks or flows or floods and waves, invoke associations with natural disasters uh, that appeal to public fears, not only about a loss of control in regards to the influx of people across borders, but also about the rate of societal change. Um, other studies have shown that other metaphors may also be used that invoke kind of visceral reactions of aversion or disgust. For example, a study of, a media, of media in the United States show the way in which immigrants are visually and metaphorically represented as dangerous and destructive pol pollutants that contaminate local communities. Um, this was in a couple of papers and quite recent as well. It's not necessarily really old papers. Um, so in this, this media in the United States, they tend to portray migrants as um, ways that draws on metaphors of parasites or leeches or bloodsuckers and insects, for example. Um, on the other hand, Though it sounds... The, the trouble with things, I guess, is when it's obvious, it becomes less influential in a way. And especially with a lot more awareness that's come into the world, um, these more obvious ways of framing people of um, migrants and refugees and people of diverse ethnic backgrounds have you know, changed with the times.
In fact, some scholars have also argued that media are now much more subtle in their dehumanizing depictions of immigrants. So, for example, they suggested that this more subtle forms of dehumanization, for example, deny members of outgroups their humanity by ascribing or giving them fewer human qualities to them. Um, particularly uniquely human emotions that attribute associations with human nature. Um, for example, there was a study of the representation of refugees in Australian news media and uh, analysis of cover page images in Australia and the Sydney Morning Herald um, showed that the images that predominantly captured Refugees in large anonymous groups. Um, so, what was described as nameless and faceless, undifferentiated mass, rather than as individuals with recognizable facial features, um, with relatively absent image. Well, with the absence of images depicting individuals and their emotional experiences, um, or images that c- constrain feelings of empathy and compassion in readers. These then, of course, obscure the humanitarian challenge of the refugee issue. At the same time, the dominance of group images play into the broader concerns about refugees and immigrants flooding the country and being burdens on society. So recently, researchers in New Zealand have begun to acknowledge the different realities of migrant groups, their unequal positions and the differing portrayals of them in media of course it's not all migrant groups of course Um, different migrant groups have um, different perceptions and biases towards them so for example a study in 2006 revealed how Pacific Islanders were framed as unmotivated unhealthy criminals who are dependent on European support while in contrast Palagi which are white European migrants, are implied as active, independent, competent, and caring. Immigration and ethnic diversity in general were explicitly discussed in relation to the economic benefits to New Zealand society, the impact on Auckland's infrastructure, services, and resources, and criminal activities, including fraud and exploitation of employees. In fact, the paper on New Zealand Herald, or rather the study analyzing articles from the New Zealand Herald, showed that almost a third of the articles reported on some form of direct or indirect economic contribution that migrants make, um, which formed the basic premise for their presence in New Zealand. Reporters drew on statements from politicians and business leaders insisting that immigrants provide labour in key industries such as dairying, farming, horticulture, hospitality, aged care and construction where employers have difficulty filling positions with local workers. As such, immigrants were portrayed as fundamental to these industries that support the country's economy. Um, But labour was not the only contribution that migrants were portrayed as making. Articles reporting on the success of migrant businesses also drew on the notion of population diversity itself as an economic asset. Again, going back to that diversity dividend. Um, Immigrants were recognized for their entrepreneurial activities, setting up successful businesses, 
that leverage their cultural resources, skills, and existing networks. Um, that cultural diversity w- it was itself celebrated for adding vibrancy to communities while emphasizing, again, economic contribution. Um, festivals celebrating ethnic holidays such as Diwali and Chinese New Year's, among others, were again to say to to bring a boom to the tourism industry with more than 33,000 Chinese holidaymakers from China anticipated to arrive for a lunar celebration. Visitors were traditionally big spenders with an average spend of 5,000 per head. And these were, again, part of the way a one-third of the articles in which described um, people or immigrants in New Zealand. At the same time, while this paper um, portrayed immigration and diversity as desirable for the economy, a paradoxical message was also evident that cast immigrants as burdening the city. Again, more than 40 40 articles made some reference to the impact of immigration on infrastructure, housing and services in Auckland. Um, and like the findings in, again, supporting or congruent with findings in the existing literature, water metaphors, along with other pressure-based metaphors, were used frequently in many of the articles to depict the issues. Depict the issues, sorry. This included description of the city swelling, bursting, and creaking at the seams. Um, in a, yeah, in a whole lot of different articles with creaking infrastructure, uh, roads that are choked, and the city sinking under extreme population size pressures, all which contribute to a threat narrative and the need for border control. The articles also frequently quoted politicians expressing their concerns about the impact of immigration. Um, for example, then-party Labour, Labour Party leader Phil Goff was quoted saying that, oh, yes, immigration is good for New Zealand, but we need to ease the level down until housing and transport infrastructure catches up with the growth, or we will end up with worsening congestion and even less affordable housing. With the relative authority of politicians making such claims, the role of immigration in burdening the city and pushing up Auckland's house prices go largely unchallenged. And while a few articles did cite a study by economists um, Bill Cochrane and Jacques Poot, um, saying um, finding no conclusive evidence to support the assertion that immigrants drive up house prices, um, this though did little to change the prevailing discourse. Instead, discussion moved to demands for reducing immigration numbers as means of resolving the issue. Um, This kind of reminds me of, um, interestingly enough, um, relationship issues, right? A lot of times when um, you often read when someone cheats on, let's say someone cheats on their partner, a lot of time the partner that was cheated on would tend to blame the outsider, uh, the third person, for the marriage being ruined as opposed to their own partner 
who is in the marriage and who had cheated, because the general idea that it's if if the person or the outsider was to blame, then it's easy to get rid of the issue. Whereas if we perceive the issue to be internal, that would mean there was something internally wrong and something that need to be mediated or big changes to be made within ourselves, rather than the easy. Solution, which is to get rid of the external issue, or the perceived external issue. Anyway, that's a slight、uh, something popped up in my mind, kind of thing.、Uh, third thematic portrayal of immigrants in the articles was in relation to criminal activities. More than, in fact, most of the articles in a one-year period, and these are we talking? These articles we talk. About or the study that examined these articles in New Zealand Herald looked at the articles in a one-year period. So more than fifty of the articles in the one-year period reported on stories of crime, where immigrants were either the perpetrator or the victim, and also in some cases both. This included a range of offences, including money laundering, drug smuggling, deception. Domestic violence and sexual assault. The most frequent, however, were cases of immigration fraud and exploitation, which accounted for more than three quarters of the articles. Some cases placed the blame squarely on migrants exploiting fellow nationals,、um, but others drew attention to migrant vulnerability.、Uh, for example, a 2016 case. Uh, where it involved a group of Indian international students misled by immigration agents about the legitimacy of their immigration documents. After initially seeking refuge in a central Auckland church, the students were eventually deported. The case gave voice to a range of competing opinions. Some articles quoted the student's lawyer, who blamed the government for narrowly focusing on profits from international education. Other articles cited the tertiary education minister, who defended leg- the re- legitimacy and robustness of the government's policy, and blamed the individual students instead. Though there may not be much consensus regarding responsibility, a lot of arguments in different studies discuss or suggested that it is the frequent association of immigrants with crime in the media. Um, nevertheless, that represent them as deeply problematic for society as a whole.、Um, in summary, the semantic themes identified in the New Zealand Herald articles indicate ambivalent representations of immigrants, consistent with、uh, a few studies discussed earlier. While immigrants are cast as problematic. Due to their physical demands on the city, as well as their threat to safety and security, they are also actively portrayed as vital contributors to the economy and the vibrancy of the communities. This interesting study then continues to critically analyze, analyze, sorry, how these issues are framed, and further discuss implicit underlying assumptions.、Um, they face they. Sorry, they kind of looked at two different sub sub themes or sub ideas、um, of a one-year analysis of New Zealand Herald. So, 
the two themes are one is the denying of hum the denying the humanity of immigrants, and the second one is ethnic minority immigrants see, been seen as lesser than. So, as in summary, they discuss how in the denying of the human humanity of immigrants. A lot of the articles frequently considered immigrants um, using a cost, purely cost-benefit analysis, uh, put either positive or negative, but often framing it in a way that is purely about numbers. That a really good kind of example here is uh, Deborah Hill Cohn, a columnist for the New Zealand Herald, actually did point it out where. Um, she herself is a migrant, and in her 2017 article, she directly challenged the normalized framing of immigrants as either the cause or the solution to the country's economic woes. The other theme or topic um, that is often portrayed in the media is ethnic minority immigrants are seen as lesser than. So while immigrants in general were objectified without acknowledging their needs or desires and aspirations, they also found that ethnic minority immigrants were usually constructed as morally lesser than New Zealanders. These was this was particularly notable in the articles initially, discussing the issues of immigrants, particularly Chinese immigrants pushing up Auckland's house prices. Numerous articles reported on the fraud and exploitation avoided, of involving, as previously mentioned, Indian international students, um, and many focus on the structural issues and the government's prioritization of profit as the underlying cause. Some pointed to the fraudulent activities of education in agents in India, and others framed the international students as the perpetrators. Yet again, it's not so much who the sole blame is placed upon here, but the way these discourses construct those of Indian ethnicity, including immigrants, as lacking moral decency and civility compared to New Zealanders. For example, an article in December by New Zealand Herald portrays Indian education agents and bank managers as the ones responsible for quote-unquote significant organized financial document fraud, um, corrupt practices that posed a significant threat to New Zealand's education integrity with possible links to organized crime. So, I thought it was an interesting article anyway, um, and it looked at quite, again, a, it's quite a recent article. It was only published less than five, about five years ago, and it looked at a well-known national newspaper. And, and it didn't just take the overall view that, um, cult, uh, well, papers such as these ten, tend to take in terms of a general negative portrayal of people in the media, they looked at the dehumanizing um, and also the perception of immigrants as um, yeah, as contributors or problematic to the country's econ economy, economy taking away factors that humanize them such as um, people just want to live um, and have a home for their family, to buy houses, to bring up their children, to be like everyone else and to be provided opportunities to grow, 
and develop and progress in life and so it's kind of interesting and yeah just a thing to look at so um thank you for tuning in to us this evening again we are dmec on air and you can look us up at dmec.org.nz and look us up on facebook dunedin multi-ethnic council celebrating diversity and we're hosted by otago access radio that's or fm and you can look them up at or.org.nz thank you bye bye This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.